I stumbled across a poet recently. Um, I'm not into poetry. I've just never really enjoyed it or been able to connect to it. I like music, but poetry has not really been my thing. But I don't know, there was something about this particular poet that just touches my soul. It's She's just amazing. Her name, and I'm probably going to butcher it, I think it's Sheelan Harkin, H-A-R-K-I-N is the last name, C-H-E-L-A-N is the first name. And I'm going to read one of her poems. It's called Leave Your Shoes. Leave your shoes and your old concepts of God at the door. Hang your heavy identities on the coat rack. You simply don't need those things in here. It's much too warm in this house for all the facade you've been bundling up in. If you come with pain, let's use it to light a fire in this old hearth. Sharing this flame puts it in its rightful place, where our humanity can gather around together and sing. Leave your shoes and your old concepts of God at the door, and let's see what wonders emerge when we let our souls and our feet free to finally begin to dance. You know, I've talked before about how people perceive God um, as a spiritual Superman or as a Santa Claus, but, you know, when you think more about people's different concepts of what who God is or what God is or how we should see the divine, what you often find is that people tend to see God as whatever they think is correct or right. So, for example, if you're a hard, overbearing father who's disapproving of your children and require them to really work hard for your approval, you probably see God as this judgmental being in the sky that looks down with and sees you as evil, needing forgiveness and needing fixing, something like that. If, on the other hand, you're a person who's compassionate, loving, and caring, nurturing, you probably see God more as a passionate, nurturing type, maybe even as a, a female type, which is, I know it's a stereotype, but women have been, at least through our history, uh, seen as the more nurturing of the two sexes. And so I think a lot of times we forget that I'm not real sure God created us as much as we created him or her, however you want to characterize God, um, because we don't have a lot of information. You know, we don't have a scientific proof. We don't have a, a, you know, I mean, we we can read Holy Scriptures, but then you have to decide who's you're reading. Are you going to read the Christian Scriptures or just the Jewish ones or um, the Scriptures of Islam? Or are you going to look at the Tao try to understand that? Um, Are you going to look back into Buddhism? You know, everybody seems to be trying to define or understand who and what God is. And yet, God is not really definable. There's not a quality that, that you can say, or a description that you can say, this is God. God could be a a being, a person of some type that interacts with with us. Um, I doubt it, but possible. Um, 
to me, it's more along the lines of this divine quality that we have in us that ties us together that I don't know it's hard to define exactly how I think or feel about God other than I know that there's something greater than me something bigger out there and whatever that bigger or greater thing is I think it's important that for me to recognize that and to try to find a way to understand it because I think that helps me in my to not see myself as the center of the world and to not think everything revolves around me. I had an interaction recently with the pastor of a church. Um, what happened actually is I got a Facebook message or I, I got a Facebook advertisement for this church and I wrote and asked him just kind of what a church they were. Were they liberal? Were they conservative? And um, he wrote me privately and wanted to connect maybe on the phone or buy coffee, which I don't drink coffee, but, um, so I, you know, he kind of wanted to know what works best. And I really wasn't that interested in getting too involved in, in developing a new friendship or whatever. But I wrote back and I said, I'm just curious where your church falls around things like a literal interpretation of scripture, whether you're tolerant of people who see God as less of a big being in the sky and more as a divine presence in us. And whether you think there's a literal burning hell for people who are not Christian, how you view other religions, such as Buddhism, and if you think they're also a legitimate path to God. And he didn't answer me for a few days, so I kind of prompted him and said no responses. And he said, sorry, he's been busy, you know. And he, he said they welcome people from all faith backgrounds and they don't shy away from, you know, sharing biblical truth. And he used the word truth, which says that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. So I wrote him back, and I said, thank you for responding, for your openness. He said some other things. He was very nice, but he also wanted to know my intent. And what I told him is, I have and will always have a great love and interest in the church, even if I'm not part of a local congregation. I grew up in it, and although my beliefs have evolved over time, uh, from my conservative Christian roots, I'll always be impacted by my early faith and my love for Jesus Christ. And so I said, when I saw the advertisement, I was just more curious than anything. I said, there's many churches popping up everywhere that don't necessarily fit the mold of denominational churches such as Baptist, but it's sometimes hard to get a grasp of where they are. And I went into some other things with him, but basically just shared with him that even when I just, that one of the things that's important to me or that I enjoy, I said, I love being in the presence of people who are expressing their love and affection for God. Even when I disagree with their particular path they've chosen, there's a beauty in seeing and being among those who are searching for something larger than themselves. I find it humbling. And so I told him not, I didn't want to drag him to a theological discussion or anything, but, you know, that was really my intent. And honestly, I do think that's a beautiful thing. I mean, I have visited almost every kind of church that you can imagine from Orthodox to Catholic to Lutheran to Baptist to Methodist to Church of Christ, um, Disciples of Christ, uh, uh, tons of them. I've been to emerging churches. I've been to a lot of different types, all within the Christian faith, because that's really my background and my level of comfort. Episcopal, I'm trying to think, just almost every one of them. And there is a beauty in seeing people that really believe there's something beyond themselves and they're trying to understand 
and be a part of that. And that may be wrong. I may be wrong. But when you let your ego go and you really try to look up to something larger that means more, then I feel like that's when you start finding the healing component of spirituality. And by the way, this is not just found in Christianity. Uh, Clearly, it's found in, in many religions. And although I don't think that there's this place in the sky called heaven that we're all going to transcend to at some point. Uh, If there is, I'd like to think that it's not going to be inhabited by just a few, that it's not just the Catholics or just the Baptists or just the Muslims, that, that all of us would have some place there. And so when I was back to this poem and this poet, One of the things that she really said in here that touched me was, If you come with pain, let's use it to light a fire in this old hearth. Sharing this flame puts it in its rightful place where our humanity can gather around it together and sing. And just before that, she says, It's much too warm in this house for the facade you've been bundling up in. Whether it's church, a temple, a mosque, wherever, whether it's your own private meditation room, Wherever you choose to try to reach out into the spiritual realm and find God, however you may define God, or find a spiritual presence that touches you and moves you, it should be a place of warmth and comfort. I've often said churches should be like a hospital. If people come there broken, they should be able to go there for healing. Not to be told they're broken, not to be judged for who they are or what they are. And unfortunately, many times what we see instead is judgment, hate, anger, uh, the politicization, politis, politis, <laughs> that's hard for me to say, politicization, the politics that have taken over the church are terrible. And that's always been the case. I mean, the church throughout history has gotten too intermixed with the government and with power. I was reading a quote by Bishop Gene Robinson where he said, It's funny, isn't it, that you can preach a judgmental and vengeful and angry God and nobody will mind. But if you start preaching a God that is too accepting, too loving, too forgiving, too merciful, too kind, then you're in trouble. And that just is such a powerful statement because there are churches all over the world that preach anger and judgment. They tell children from the age, I was told from the age of three that I was going to go to hell if I didn't accept Jesus as my Savior. I was I, I remember being terrified, being told this horrible thing. A three-year-old, four-year-old. And yet... We kind of let those churches slide because that's what they believe and that's okay. But then if a church welcomes people who are gay or transgender or if somebody, if a church says it's okay for a woman to choose to have an abortion, um, if they let certain, some churches, if they let a certain race of people in, it can be any, any topic you pick that's, quote, different or unusual suddenly they're under intense scrutiny and they're judged for being, you know, watering down the word or not being 
um, true to the to the biblical truth. And yet, they're probably the ones that are living a life that was taught by Jesus Christ. The one that they turn to is their founder, the one they worship, the person that they that is their model. So, I think it's important that we look to the teachings of Jesus rather than focus on the doctrines that have been developed around you know, hundreds of years later around what people think we should believe or do and recognize that he was about kindness and empathy and love and forgiveness and really wanted to tell people it's okay to be who you are. You come to me like that. I don't need you to be someone else. I don't need you to change. It got him killed by, ironically, the religious leaders. And I think today when we see religious leaders who rise up and attack people for being too loving, too forgiving, too kind, it just shows you that we're repeating that same cycle over and over. So, dig deep. You have within you all you need to know to be a spiritual person. One other book that I was looking at the other day talked about how uh, it's called Zero Theology. I haven't read a lot of it, so I'm not really recommending it. I haven't read enough to do that. But it says really what we need to do to be spiritual is to have no theology. And it talks about paradoxes and other things. But I think just stopping and allowing yourself to, I mean, we know right from wrong. I don't need a book to tell me it's wrong to to be rude to someone. I don't, I don't need a God to tell me that it's wrong to steal or to take advantage of people. I have that in my heart. That's been placed in my heart, I believe, by something, something greater than me, something that connects me with others, something that gives me purpose and allows me to have depth and will, I hope, take me beyond this life whether I come back in the in another life or go to heaven or whatever those or whether or not I just you know disintegrate in the grave and nothing happens, then I know that I've done what's right now at this moment and that I've treated people as well as I can. And even if there is no afterlife, I will live on through the people that I've touched, the people that have learned from me, and the people that maybe take some of those kind moments that I practiced and they go practice those with others because that's really what eternal life could be. It's carrying on that love for other people, for for other things, for this earth, for animals. It's, it's being good. And you don't need a book to tell you how to do that. You just need to look at yourself and look at others. And as almost every religion teaches. Treat others like you want to be treated. That's what matters. Those are my observations. Thanks for listening.